Hello, folks, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, Ben Sherrod has finally been traded out of Montreal. The return is massive. We're going to go over the return, everything the Canadians got back, and how well they did. And we're going to have our little own ode to Ben Sherrod all inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, folks, and welcome. Welcome. Wow. We are off to a flying (laughs) start at episode 574 of Lockdown Canadians. And what better way to celebrate than the Montreal Canadiens have traded Ben Sherratt to the Florida Panthers for an absolute haul. But before we get into that, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and I am extremely overjoyed. It is 316, it is Steve Austin Day, one of my favorite local breweries released, one of my favorite summer beers, and the Canadians have traded Ben Sherratt, nothing personal to Ben Sherratt, and I am joined as always by my fantastic co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba, and Laura, we meant to record this episode about 45 minutes ago, and then Ben Sherratt crashed Twitter, or Canadians fans crashed Twitter, how are we feeling because I don't know what to do with my hands right now? (laughs) how annoyed would we have been if we had recorded as intended um because i full disclosure i was the one who was late i am often late getting out of work um (laughs) and making dinner and having a late dinner so i was like scott i just need like like 20 more minutes it actually was more like 30 minutes and then we saw Elite Friedman tweet looks like Ben Sherratt to Florida so we're like all right we got to wait on this now turned out to be true turned out to be too good to be true almost but I checked and then I double checked and then I made sure the check mark was real and then I had to you know I had to like have that conversation with Scott is this is this really happening kind of thing I just want to mention as well happy St. Patrick's Day I like that even without coordinating both of us were wearing green um and uh <laughs> Um, Scott has a wonder. Is it a sweater or a t-shirt? This is uh, a crew neck sweatshirt because this is what I live in for nine tenths of the year. So uh, <laughs> it is. I I stopped by uh, the Jenny Brew House on my way out of Rochester today, picking up some of uh, the athletic greens that were nicely enough to be delivered to my house or my parents' house, I should say. So um, my first thought is, uh, Laura, thank God you were late um, because. We would have sat down. We would have probably been finishing this show right about now when everything happened. And then both of us would not have been in a mood to record because when you have to cut a show short and then redo the entire thing again, it kind of sucks a little bit. But it does. But this is so good. It's so fun. The Canadians traded Ben Sherrod after after everybody talking about it since about, you know, game 40 of this season. And I swear to you that if you had told me, I said this in, in our locked on now, so you might have seen it already uh, on the internet. On the internet, but the beginning of the season, if you asked me, Laura, what can you get for rental Ben Sherrod? I would have said a fourth rounder at max. And the Canadians got a first rounder, a fourth rounder. I was right about that part, and a prospect. Like they got three different things for Ben Sherrod for the playoffs. So here is the full details of the trade as I have them right now, combined from the Habs Twitter account and Chris Johnston. 
The trade is the Canadians have traded Ben Sherratt with 50% of his salary retained to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Ty Smolanek, who plays at Quinnipiac right now. He is a sophomore, and we will dive more onto him in the next segment. A first-round pick in 2023 and a fourth-round pick in 2022, this year's draft. And the 2023 first-round pick is not lottery-protected. So if Sergei Bobrovsky or Spencer Knight or whomever is playing in goal in Florida bottoms out and the team is bad, the Canadians are going to be drafting somewhere in the top 15 again next year, potentially, in addition to whatever they have. They've already started building their draft capital for next year, and that's incredible. And I saw Smolanik's name come up first. Elliot Friedman had mentioned that, and I went, okay, maybe not Drew Hellison, but close because he's a little bit younger. And then I saw a first in 2023 and a fourth, and I just go, my my whole reaction to this is absolutely stunning good work. Uh, we'll dive a little bit into Smolanik, like I said, in the next segment. But my only thought is for a rental this year for a guy who was not playing well defensively but came on strong closer to the deadline there, it's a, it's a great deal. And we saw Josh Manson get traded first. Might have put pressure on Florida because they traded Frank Vetrano to the Rangers earlier today to open up the space to acquire Ben Sherrod. I am mwah, it is it is a really, really fantastic trade. I can't help but and it's, <laughs> it's not so it's nothing personal against Ben Sherratt. So- I have nothing personal against Ben Sherratt. But giving up this much for Ben Sherratt feels really, really stupid to me. But that's why it- I'm not an NHL GM. It feels like the Habs were criminals. To be honest with you, Scott, and I said this before, I've said this before, like I'm on the record, that if the return was going to be good, I would have been okay with the Canadians retaining all of Ben Sherratt's salary because it does come off the books in the summer, right? So I would have been like, you know what? You can rent the use of Ben Sherratt to somebody and get good return. But I did not imagine that they would do that. They would only retain half the salary and they would get so much in return. And I'm just so giddy thinking about this because if this is the way that Kent Hughes handles himself, I think that the Canadians are going to be making some good trades uh, coming up. I mean, the Tyler Toffoli one, there was a lot of question marks because of the player involved and his ceiling and his future and, you know, the scouting on him and all of that. So there was a question mark, but to get this for Ben Sherrod, like you've taken an old school hockey mentality and you have exploited it to the max. You're like, you need this guy that's going to be big. That's going to be bruising. That's going to clear the crease. That's going to get in people's faces. That's going to like, you know, do these hits. And you're going to give me two draft picks and a prospect even if the prospect doesn't and i know we're going to talk about this in the next segment even if he doesn't amount to an nhl player like this is already an amazing return for ben Sherrod for three months of ben Sherrod, not ben Sherrod with term three months of ben Sherrod, or six it, it, months or no four months if they make the playoffs and go far it's four months yeah, give or take into the end of june yeah roughly that give or take and i look at this and i go i look at what at the same time this got snuck in under there Kelly Yarncroke got traded from the Seattle Kraken to the Calgary Flames for a second, third, and a fourth. And my first thought is I look at that and I go, Arturi Lekkonen's going to get a first at minimum if someone trades for him. Everything is coming up for the Canadians right now as we approach the trade deadline. Whether they trade Lekkonen or not, they're already coming out ahead here. And like I said, in our next segment, we're going to talk about Tyson Milanic. We're going to talk about what these draft pick means and what the Canadians' future kind of holds. That's all coming up next. 
But first, folks, this show is always brought to you by Bet Online, and it's that time of year again with the March Madness tournament finally upon us. And if you want all the latest odds, contest, player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news that you need in any season. And it's not just for basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you, as always, for making us your first listen today. And as you know, the... NHL trade deadline is coming up on Monday, March 31st. So 3.30 on that day as it all continues to wrap up. Make sure you're tuned in to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey's live deadline show. You're going to want to check it out. Ben Schrott might be gone, but there's plenty of other names and analysis out there. So please, please, please take a look and check that out. Now to dive into this. My first thought is when I saw this trade, I went, they traded for baby formula because my brain from working in a grocery store for uh, 12 years read Smolanic as Similac, so I have now <laughs> dubbed him uh, Baby Formula for the time being. And to read a quote from the 2020 Draft Guide on Elite Prospects, Smolanic is a complete talent who can be relied on in all situations. He anticipates passes and can cut them off using his long reach. In defensive zone battles, Smolanic uses his frame efficiently to outmuscle competition and dig pucks out of scrums. Six foot one, 175 pounds, 20 years old. And uh, this season at uh, Quinnipiac University, uh, he's got 13 goals, nine assists, and 38 ga- in 38 games, 34 penalty minutes. And he was part of the World Junior, or that was last year's, I should say. No, 2021, 20. He was on the World Juniors well, team this yeah, year. I am we didn't so, get to see much of it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't play any games, unfortunately, for them. So I assume he was a healthy scratch for uh, the one. I believe the Americans played one game. I. It yeah, feels like a distant a game. It feels like a distant memory. I don't know. My first thought is uh, they got a a competitive. You know, I believe he's a center. Yes, he's center yeah. slash left wing. I don't. I don't know if that means that he's try. They're trying to develop him into a center, or if he's a center and can play on the wing. I always like whenever I see that, I'm like, that guy's not going to be a center when he gets to the NHL. Yeah, and the thing is, he's still young. He is, you know, a sophomore at Quinnipiac, and obviously it's been kind of tough for him because looking at coronavirus the last couple of years, it's interrupted college seasons, it's interrupted tournaments. I look at this return and I go, I really like him as a player. He was, I believe, a third-round pick um, in recent by the Florida Panthers, obviously, here, and I go, okay, you know what? This is a guy that Kent Hughes clearly saw a lot. You know, we know that Kent Hughes is always looking or was watching his son play at Northeastern. Probably gets a very good view of a lot of the teams out that way. And I'm sure this was part of that. And I thought for sure that we would definitely see a pick of like an Owen Tippett. Uh, someone on Twitter mentioned Mackie Samuskevich, who is someone I really enjoyed. But to get, if it was if it was one of those players, if it was a Tippett, if it was a Samuskevich, I don't think they're getting a first round pick out of this one though. So I'm actually happy with the way this turned out. He's still young. He's 20 years old. He's going to be a really interesting thing. Now and there's going to be a lot of Habs fans who are uh, suddenly watching games in Quinnipiac. And uh, I hope their social media admin is very much ready for the Habs fan base. But I look at the scouting reports and I look at what I'm reading and I go, this is a guy they want to turn. They want to develop into 
a really strong middle six center, I think. And that's, I think, why they're going after him to kind of freshen up that prospect pool there a little bit because it is admittedly light. And you know what? I, I, I feel like a broken record, but I, I can't believe that they got as much as they did in this trade. And all they had to do was retain 50% on a guy that's on an expiring deal. It, it's just, incredible. It's, it's stunning. honestly like I it's blowing my mind. It continues to blow my mind. And we're going to be repeating ourselves quite a bit over time, especially if either uh, Ty Smolenic or either of the prospects that they end up picking or what, whoever they trade for. I don't know. This is like, this is stuff they can also trade. Right. So, um, you know, if any of them amounts to anything, I will be laughing. Like, you know, like five years from now, we're going to, we're going to watch a goal or something and be like, thanks Ben Sherratt. Yeah. <laughs> thanks Kent Hughes. I do think though, that this is something that um, Scott and myself, uh, we're not super well versed in college hockey, but we will uh, bring on somebody, especially as the Canadians games wind down and we get into the off season, there's still going to be lots of episodes. So we'll get some of our favorite people, you know, off the top of my head, I can think of Chris Peters, people who know a lot about college hockey. Um, and so we, we encourage you guys to send us an email, lockedoncanadians at gmail.com for any Habs prospects in the college hockey system that you want us to talk about, that you want us to ask our experts about. Um, I think this is a good jumping point. I mean, we talk, we, we talk quite a bit about what's going on, but somebody who has the day-to-day -day watching them, scouting them, I feel like would be really great for us. And at the same time, like I said, even if he doesn't amount to anything in the NHL, even if he ends up, even if his ceiling is the AHL, for example, the Canadians still got an asset for three months of Ben Chirot. It, it like, it's such a lopsided return to me, you know, and it's no knock on Ben Chirot. The Florida Panthers clearly wanted this and it's not just that it's that from all of the conversations that we were hearing about Ken Hughes having with other GMs, it seemed pretty likely that the Canadians were getting a lot of calls on him. Now, I do think that it's highly unlikely that Kyle Dubas was calling, even though that's what we kept joking about. Um, and that's what we kept saying. I, I you know, I, I do think that if you're a, a rival division, a division rival GM, you're a little bit careful. But when you're Florida, you know the Habs are not making the playoffs. And you also know that you don't have that playoff history <laughs> with as, that, the, that the Habs do with the Leafs. Like, you're a little bit more amenable, right? And I think, like, honestly, I feel like Kent Hughes was probably taking calls from anybody. But I, I highly doubt that, that Kyle Dubas was calling, although it would have been really hilarious. But what <laughs> we will see, Scott, as I know we are going to talk about, is we are poised to see... Ben Sherratt potentially eliminate the Toronto Maple Leafs a second consecutive time. And that's the thing is I look at this trade from a Panthers perspective, and you can check out Armando at Lockdown Florida Panthers, who will have his view on this and whatever, and all the analysis that you're going to need out of that. I look at this and I go, this is a team now that has Radko Gudis and Ben Sherratt playing on defense, in addition to a guy like Aaron Ekblad, and they're going to make your life a living hell in front of the net. And we know that Ben Sherratt is not as good as he was in the playoffs with Shea Weber last year right now. But at the same time, the playoff rule book and the way playoff hockey is played is entirely out the window and is entirely different than anything you see in the regular season. Regular season, Ben Sherratt doesn't matter the minute it rolls into game one because they're not going to call cross checks. He's going to be a royal jerk in front of that net. And you know what? If that's what Bill Zito and the Florida Panthers wanted, 
I'm not going to tell him no because Ben Sherratt's the ideal guy for that. And my first thought is there's a lot of people who are fooled by how good he was in the bubble and how good he was in uh, the playoff run last year. He was good. He was not worth these three pieces and a potential and another first with a first round pick and a potential high end prospect. He, him being worth that much is stunning to me. And here's the thing though: if you win the cup, it doesn't matter. And Florida's trying to win a cup right now. So them throwing this at a rental, they do not care right now. They went; these pieces are expendable if we have a chance. Because right now. There isn't really a team that seems to, to play as well as the Panthers have been. And they're doing this, mind you, after they fired their or after their head coach stepped down amidst the Kyle Beach um saga there. Joel Quenville isn't even there. They're coaching with an interim coach right now and doing this. And adding Ben Schrott, we're it's gonna impressive. See- yeah. And guess what? These two teams play in eight days. So uh the Canadians have a certain amount of time to prepare a tribute video that I assume is mostly going to be him cross-checking Austin Matthews. So, um, <laughs> Laura, do you have any I'm final thoughts? It. I was going to say, do you have any thoughts on the return or anything in this before we get into our final segment? I Yeah, there's a couple of things. One, I, I, like, I'm excited for Florida. I feel like there's, even though it's a division rival, I don't have that animosity that I do towards Tampa, towards Boston, towards Ottawa, uh, and clearly towards the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, I, I am happy, like Armando at Locked on, uh, Locked on Florida Panthers is an awesome person. Like, we're very happy for him um, that he gets to watch this run, and it's an exciting team, and the Florida fans get crapped on so much by fan, fan bases like ours, you know, big fan bases, that I do think that it's time that they saw some success so I'm very very excited for that and I do hope they get a decent run um, and at the same time I said this in our lockdown now and I'm saying it again like you know you've got the Calgary Flames in, in, in the west that are making a lot of noise you've got the Florida Panthers in the east that are making a lot of noise if these two teams meet in the Stanley Cup final it's going to be one for the ages and I can't wait to see what Florida does with Ben Chirot and I do wish him the best I've said this so many times on the podcast I don't think he's great at defense I think he's awesome though he's he, he seems like an enjoyable person, right? Like he seems like a dude that everybody in the, in the room likes. And he seems just like an enjoyable guy, a nice enough guy. And he's handsome. We're going to miss that. Uh, but uh, at the same time, we still have Josh Anderson for the time being, unless Kenny Hughes manages to please someone else for him. Um, and so, you know what? I wish him the best and good luck to Florida. And here's the thing. We're going to talk in just one second here, folks. We are going to have our ode to Ben Sherratt, our favorite memories and all that coming up in our final segment. All right, so the Montreal Canadiens have traded Ben Chirot. We've said it. <laughs> we can't believe it's true. I have to keep repeating it because I feel like I'm, turn again? <laughs> it's Ty Smolanek, a 2023 first-round pick and a 2022 fourth-round pick. I keep not realizing this is a thing that happened because I'm not used to trades like this happening for the Canadiens. And it may feel like we've kind of been bullying Ben Sherrod a little bit on this episode. And that's not our intention. Neither of us have anything personal against Ben Sherrod or Shea Weber for that one listener. Anyways, we just don't, how can I phrase this? He didn't fit what the Canadians needed on defense at this current point in time with that, with Shea Weber being out with Carey Price, not being here. They needed more mobile defensemen. They needed more modern defensemen. And Ben Sherratt wasn't able to do that on his own. We saw Jeff Petrie struggling for that matter. And David Savard struggled. And everyone's pulling him up their weight. 
So I'm going to I'm going to remember here that Ben Sherratt is going out on a nine point in ten game run, including a t- he had an overtime winner in here. He set up Tyler Pitlick less than a week ago, shorthanded to get the game to overtime, which the Canadians then won. Rem Pitlick. Rem Pitlick. Jesus Christ. We were collecting <laughs> all the Tylers. At the, we're co- yes, we're- we were collecting all the Suzukis. <laughs> I called I called Ryan Suzuki Nick seven times on last on the last episode, and now we're mixing up Tyler and Rem. But that was that was a very nice setup, and and it is it's fun to watch Ben Chirot play. His numbers are bad. That's the thing. Like we're just gonna go out and say it. His underlying numbers are terrible. The pairings that they chose to use him with in in particularly last year were really not good. Like it basically brought out the worst in both players in those pairings. However, watching Ben Chirot harass Austin Matthews all around the ice <laughs> is so gratifying. It's so it's so fun. Like it was one of the great joys of last year. And that's the thing is it's I look at this and I go, okay, you know what? He was not good this year, but the Canadians were not good this year. He's a perfectly cromulent, you know, middle pairing, bottom pairing defender in the NHL over the course of his career. This year the Habs were, and I mean this in the kindest way possible. Flaming dog poop for most of the year defensively. So I swear Julian's going to let me know that I set something on fire again. Whatever. But the fact that they were able to do this, and my, well, like you said, what I'm going to remember Ben Sherratt for is he was a nightmare for the Leafs in the playoffs last year. The minute the Habs started to get back into games, you got close to the net. There was a stick parallel to your body. And he was ramming it in your back, and he was making it a nightmare to be there. Like I said, he and Radko Gudis are going to hurt someone this year. It's going to be nuts. And he'll fight. He'll throw big hits. He occasionally scores really nice goals. I am going to miss some of that. Every now and then, he's the unlikely guy who has some crazy setup or crazy goal. And he's built for a playoff brand of hockey. And unfortunately, the Canadians are not playing a playoff brand of hockey this year. So it makes sense that there was a team who looked at that and I went there. I am going to miss seeing him rough people up in front of the net. It, it, every now and then, he would just toss off those gloves and he would just savage a person there, and that's what he does. He's he's a, he's a throwback that if Ben Chirot played in the early to mid-2000s, uh, he would have been a friggin' superstar because they wouldn't have called anything on him. He would have beat dudes up, and he would have been the best defenseman on the ice some nights there. So... I am going to miss him. I am happy with the return with all this, though. I am I am just gobsmacked that this is what the Canadians <laughs> were able to do, like truly. We're going to be processing that part for a while. And yeah, I do agree. I, I like watching him clear the crease of people whose faces I don't like um, is, I think, the way that I would put how I feel about Ben Sherrod. Like there's a guy who's annoying me and Ben Sherrod is taking care of it. Like that's 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 how I feel. And, and I do believe that the way that goalies respond to him, unless he gets caught screening them on a goal that ends up going in. Um, you know, it, it feels like it feels like goalies do appreciate that, just like keeping people away. There are the occasional pucks that will bounce off of Ben Chirot and go directly into the net. So that's not going to be fun, Florida Panthers fans. But uh, other than that, honestly, <laughs> yeah. he, the thing is, like, even when he was making errors, they were comical errors. And when you're not in a high stakes situation where you've got nothing to lose, like when against the Leafs, when they were playing those that borrowed hockey, it was 
kind of funny because we were expecting something totally different than what happened right so like at the end of the day it was it was one of those things where like you just had to laugh and so in this season when everything was going badly often i would watch ben Sherat attempt something cause a calamity and i would still find it hilarious like this is the thing is i find him so endearing so even though we didn't love the way that he was used, and very much like Scott said, he is somebody who would have been thriving in the early to mid-2000s. Like, hockey has changed, and he's just one of those people that's left over from that era. But I truly do think that he's he's an awesome guy. I'm very happy that he gets to go on a playoff run, and I really hope that he that he vacuums up some people in front of Bobrovsky. And 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 I I think it's going to be fun for us to watch and for for Florida to hopefully for Florida to watch. <laughs> so I have cap friendly pull up in front of me. This is going to be the last thing that we're going to touch on here before we wrap up the show. The Canadians have their own first round pick this year. Um, obviously Arizona gets the lower of whatever two picks, uh, Carolina or Montreal's. Uh, They have the Flames' first-round pick, but Calgary has the option to transfer to 2023, which would then, they do that, the Canadians have three 2023 first-round picks right now. They have one pick in round two. They have three picks in round three, three picks in round four, one pick in round five, one pick in round six, two picks in round seven, and then obviously uh, two picks in the first round in 2023. That's a pretty good way to start your retool and rebuild. Um, to Ben Sherat, it was a fun, wild three years. Salute. Good Cheers. luck in good luck in Florida. Um, cross check a leaf for us if you play them in the first round. Um, let us know your thoughts, folks. What did you think about the return for Ben Sherat? Let us know on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians and tweet us your mailbag questions. By the time you're listening to this on St. Patrick's Day, we are going to be recording the mailbag that night. It's going to be a grand old time uh, after the Habs game, of course. So please let us know your thoughts and let us know down in the comments below. Make sure you're following Loa at the Active Stick, myself at Scott Matla, obviously at hello underscore Canadians on Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube. We've got so much more content coming out with the trade deadline coming up. And when you are done checking us out, please tune into Lockdown Fantasy Hockey, where they have all of your needs to dominate your fantasy leagues, whatever they may be. We will see you all next time.